This is Physician to Physician Plant-Based Nutrition. I'm Tracy Cushing, an emergency medicine physician. I'm also a mom, a wife, four-time Ironman, and I've been plant-based for 11 years. And I'm Eden English. I'm an internal medicine physician, a hiker, a ski boarder, a mom, and I've been vegan for the last five years. We're passionate about helping other doctors learn the science behind plant-based eating so they can help their patients develop sustainable, healthy eating habits. Each episode, we're breaking down the science behind plant-based eating and answering the questions we know most doctors have and most patients ask. Hi, Eden. Hey, Tracy. Welcome to another episode. Eden, let's start off by chatting about what did you have for dinner last night? I actually had an egg sandwich. Obviously no egg, but it's just a tofu base, super easy to make with cheese and bacon, all fake that we make all the time for breakfast, but more commonly, we just have it as a fast dinner. Super simple, ready in 10 minutes. Uh, What'd you have? I was traveling and on the road sometimes. It's hard to find things. So in the middle of Wyoming, I made myself a tailwind recovery shake um, and drank that with soy milk because that was about all I could find uh, that was vegan. But it is a complete protein uh, and it's pretty good in a pinch. And so that's my go-to sometimes when I'm traveling. But luckily, we don't really have to worry about eating stick packs of (laughs) tailwind for dinner because we have chef Mark Reinfeld here to talk with us today about how to stock a vegan pantry and easy tips on transitioning to a vegan diet. Chef Mark is an award-winning educator and authority on plant-based cuisine with over 25 years of experience preparing innovative vegan and raw food. He has (laughs) written eight acclaimed books and conducts virtual and in-person culinary trainings around the world. He serves as the executive chef for the North American Vegetarian Society Summerfest and offers vegan consulting services, including chef trainings and recipe development for clients such as Google, Whole Foods, Kroger, the Humane Society, Bon Appetit, Sabra, Aramark, Sodexo, and more. Chef Mark's mission is to help create a sustainable future for humanity by training others in the art of plant-based cuisine for our health, the planet, and for a more peaceful world. Welcome, Chef Mark. Hey, guys. I'm so happy to be with you here on your podcast. So happy you could join us, Mark. So what'd you eat last night? A uh, great question. I made a Thai curry with a rice noodle dish for the, the family. It was easy, easy to prepare, 20 minutes or less, which is what I like to shoot for. That sounds slightly more exciting than an egg sandwich or a protein <laughs> shake. I'll give you that. <laughs> so Mark, we're so excited to have you today because I'm a primary care doc. And one of the biggest questions I get is how do you start? What do I need? How do I change my pantry from what I have now to vegan pantry? And Tracy and I obviously have some suggestions, but they're just what we did. We'd love to hear from you. What are the first few things you'd tell a brand new vegan to buy to make sure they have on hand? That's a really great question. And so there's there's a lot of ways to work with it. I encourage people to start with what they have. And initially, like in terms of like starting to introduce plant-based foods, I like to have people start with a couple of things, like just think in terms of getting creative with salads. So typically people would have those, the lettuce and the, the, uh, some veggies. So you could start getting a little more creative by adding some toasted nuts or, and seeds or some, garbanzo beans or other types of beans to bulk out the salad a little bit. Another easy way to start getting good, healthy plant-based foods in is to think in terms of creating 
what I like to call like a superfood smoothie. What I like to do in addition to the salads and smoothies is to start looking at your meals in what I like to call like a, a template format. And so I know you guys introduced the monk bowl in one of our in one of your podcasts. And with that, it's in terms of looking at your meal, you have what I like to say is a grain, a green, and a protein. And so now the green we covered in the produce section. So you're gonna the greens are any selection of vegetables. And I like recommending a lot of color on your plate for that. Then in terms of the grain, you could start in, in terms of stocking your pantry, look at having grains like quinoa, different kinds of rice, millet. Again, you don't have to go and buy 50 things at once. Just start if you've never had quinoa before, you could add that in and then maybe in a week or two, try a different kind of rice or maybe like a couscous, something like that for the grain component. And then for the protein component, obviously, we're all we're in the, the plant based protein realm. So that could be your your beans and legumes for really busy people. And I don't think I knew what busy was until I had two kids. So we have an assortment of canned beans. So you could if you want to, you could look and invest in like an Instapot and cook your own beans or canned beans are super convenient to use. And just, again, you want to try to focus on variety. You don't want to have to buy 50 different kinds of cans of beans, but just, I always recommend rotating. So you could try like a navy bean, a cannellini bean, a kidney bean, garbanzo, just rotate through those beans and legumes. And then also, I personally like using uh, tofu and tempeh as one of the proteins that we rotate through. And there's, there's really simple ways of preparing tofu and tempeh that I could share with you guys. The idea with like this monk bowl concept is that even if you say you had a monk bowl every, every night for dinner, or every day for lunch, by using this idea of a template where you're rotating through different types of veggies, different types of beans and legumes and protein, and different types of grains, you're really creating a new meal and a new flavor profile each time. And then that could be complemented with uh, the whole array of global sauces. So you could either on your least busy day, if you're ambitious, you could make your own barbecue or peanut sauce or sweet and sour, just pick up a jarred sauce. And that way you have the full array of global cuisine, really where you can prepare these meals and I, I always shoot for my books are the 30 minute vegan. So I always shoot for 30 minutes or less uh, for meals like that. That's awesome and super helpful. Thanks, Mark. What do you have to say? So I gave a lecture on, on diet and climate yesterday and I had an audience member ask me or make the comment that, you know, it's really hard to be vegan and the food is really difficult to prepare. And I didn't quite have time to sort of rebut that, but for folks who might not even know what quinoa is or who have never seen a block of tofu before, can you give us some like easy way, like what, you know, someone goes and they buy tofu and they've never seen this thing before. It doesn't look like anything they've ever purchased. How do they prepare it? What do they do with it? Um, to, why should they not be frightened? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Well, tofu definitely has a bad rap and a, I take distinct pleasure in showing people how good tofu could taste. Sometimes their only experience is the, that soft, mushy tofu in a Japanese restaurant. And I 
There's different textures of tofu. There used to be just soft, medium, and firm, and then they have the extra firm. And then now, only in the US, never to be outdone, we have the super firm tofu. So I really like going for that like thick texture, the hard texture. That's more similar to what people are accustomed to in, say, a cutlet. So you want to go towards the, if you're just starting out with tofu, the the heavier texture ones, the firmer texture. And you could either cut it into cubes and you could even put it in with steamed veggies or you can make cutlets out of it. And those cutlets could be of different sizes. My go-to with tofu, even even to this day with, with our family, is just if you have an over uh, toaster oven that sits on the counter in that little uh, baking tray, you can cut up your tofu, your firm or extra firm or super firm tofu. And we'll talk more about kind of like core condiments to have in a a vegan pantry. One of my go-tos is uh, tamari, a gluten-free soy sauce. And just doing a little spritz of tamari and a little bit of a neutral flavored oil uh, right in the pan with the tofu and put it in at like 375 or 400 for about 15 minutes. We love that. It's just a nice uh, texture and flavor. Tempeh is also in the soy family. It's a little more uh, nutrient dense. And so I like rotating through that. But you can cook the tempeh the same way as well. Just an easy way to get started is cut it in the cubes, toss it with a little tamari and oil just to coat a little bit, and then put it in that toaster oven at like 375 or 400. So that, that's a way to get a nice tofu into, into your diet. Those are great suggestions, Mark, because that's one of the comments I get a lot too is I don't like tofu or tofu's boring. And to me, it's it's similar to chicken almost because it's really, it doesn't have flavor. It's whatever you bring to the table. So whatever flavors you put on it, the texture ends up being however you prepared it. So it's not just one thing. It's a very versatile ingredient, very healthful ingredient, and it can really do so many things. I did have a question. You mentioned neutral flavored oils. Could you tell us what you think the neutral flavored oils are? For that, like a safflower oil or a sunflower oil, you could use canola oil too. You could do it oil free as well. The tamari is really what's going to give it its flavor. And the tamari oil is like the ground zero. If you want to get more flavor, you could add like a hot sauce. There's many ways that you could change. Like you mentioned, the tofu will take on the flavor of the marinade it's placed in. So you could add like, sometimes we'll add some maple syrup or another sweetener. You could add citrus. You could add, if you have a peanut sauce, you can add tomato paste. There's lots of ways that you could change that flavor of the tofu. It's going to take on the flavor of whatever you marinate it with. Where can people find these wonderful sauce recipes of which you speak? <laughs> so it really, for the the quick and easy well, my books have a lot of those uh, recipes in them, but for people getting started, and if you're really busy, there there are some high quality sauces that you can pick up at at the grocery store uh, and just experiment with teriyaki, sweet and sour, peanut, hoisin. All those are going to create different flavor profiles for that the tofu that you make that way for beans and legumes, if we're still talking about the protein side of of the equation, then just uh, opening a can of beans, and then you could chop up a little onion or a little garlic and cook it in. One of the other tips that I love to give to people and part of vegan fusion cuisine, which is the style my 
style of cooking is to focus on really celebrating the global cuisine and so having spice blends on hand is a real goes a really long way you could either make your own or you could purchase different spice blends so italian mexican indian are good ones to get started with my wife's from louisiana so we like doing cajun blends and a lot of these blends are already available so that monk bowl or that those beans that you cook and beans, cooking beans in these different spice blends is a good way to get a sense of your helping you to develop your palate to see how the different spice blends can affect the flavor of, say, just a simple pot of uh, black beans. So if you have your pot of black beans and you add a Mexican blend or a Cajun blend or an Indian blend, it's going to change that flavor profile and you'll be able to start to get that sense of how different spices affect the flavor of the food you're preparing. It's a great suggestion, Mark. I mean, I know some of the things that I've enjoyed eating are like, you can make tempeh into bacon bits with using liquid aminos and liquid smoke. And I don't know if you have a recipe for it or not, but anyway, there's, um, there's all kinds of ways to bring the flavors that either you used to like back, or you can try whole new flavors because the world of international cuisine in a lot of other countries, they've been much more vegan than we have for a long time. And they've had a lot more experience cooking with the non-meat, non-dairy, non-egg ingredients and really brought out wonderful flavors. So trying more Indian food, more Asian food is really going to open up your options. I also want to get back to the salads and smoothies that you started with, because those are just some things that are so easy for people to have on hand. But I finally do need a little guidance because a lot of people tell me, you know, I did what you said. I went plant based. So now I eat the same salad, but I took the chicken off and then you're just not getting enough calories. So you can't go vegan by just eliminating the meat and eating the same diet that you're currently eating. You really need to think about replacing the stuff that you're taking out with something else, at least some calories. Um, We'll make our own protein. You don't need to worry about getting exactly the amount of protein. You do need to focus on getting some protein. But you need to put some calories back, particularly in a salad. If you eat lettuce for lunch, you are going to be hungry five minutes later. So make sure that you don't just eat lettuce. Throw in some of what Mark said. Some of my favorites are chickpeas are great. Avocados are phenomenal. They have protein. They add flavor. They add creaminess. You can blend it for a dressing. And pepitas and chia seeds are another great thing to keep in your vegan pantry. Pepitas are roasted pumpkin seeds. For those who aren't aware, you can buy them in bulk and have we have a giant jar in our pantry, so I can throw them on avocado toast, salads, anything you want to add a crunch and a big protein punch. And it's got calories. So if you add a bunch of that to your salad, you won't be as hungry 20 minutes after you eat. There's a great point. Yeah, we definitely have a big jar of pumpkin seeds on hand too, toasted. And it, just continuing with that salad, that's where those uh, that cube tofu can come in handy at roasting the tofu like that because part of what I like to do is when you're say making a dinner think ahead of what your next lunch could be and so that roasted tofu that maybe you have in like a curry bowl for dinner can also be adding that extra protein and calories to your your salad for lunch. I'm pretty lazy when it comes to cooking and not always uh, willing to spend a ton of time. So I really appreciate the 30 minutes or less. Um, If I were to walk in my pantry and say, want to have four or five meals that I could go to kind of all the time, what would I have on hand in my pantry? I'll start with like the, some of the core condiments like that 
I mentioned. So tamari is one. Uh, it adds the uh, umami flavor profile. It's like uh, basically you can use that instead of salt. It does have sodium in it. And then nutritional yeast is a big item in the vegan pantry that we I use on everything. It's some people call it hippie dust. But uh, yeah, so it's good on popcorn and salads and it adds a, a nutty and cheesy flavor. I am not a fan. I've tried so hard. I know it's like the vegan magic and I just can't do it. I just can't. Do you like it in cheese sauces? Do you do you eat cheese sauces that are made with nooch, Tracy? Or is it an across the board? If there's nooch in it, it's not going to do for me. I haven't found a cheese sauce that blended it well enough that I didn't notice the taste, unfortunately. Well, I, I believe I'll be providing you with the mac and cheese recipe soon. So we'll we'll see if we could convert Tracy. I personally like you want to try the large flake nutritional yeast is is the one that that I like to use just as personal preference. So as far as stocking the pantry with like specific items that say you want to go shopping on Sunday and have enough food for meals for the week, I would do your produce run and get like a nice big salad greens. And for me, we like vegetables for steaming, look at, you know, having an assortment of colors for your, your vegetables. I would have a selection of, of beans on hand, different types of beans in the pantry. I would have like the tamari nutritional yeast. I would look again at having some spices that you like to have on hand. When you think in terms of that monk bowl, I would look to have uh, some kind of grain or rice or pasta for that portion. So we rotate through like if we have a pasta one night, the next night it may be rice, the next night it might be quinoa and so have a selection of those those grains on hand and then i like coconut milk also to have like coconut milk on hand to make like a simple curry bowl like we had last night uh, and then look at having some if you want to have some we we tend to eat pretty simple but if you want to like spice it up you could have some of these specialty sauces on hand so it's pretty simple to get like a wide variety of dishes in with just those simple ingredients and using that idea of like the template recipe. And I would say the freezer also could be your friend if you want to have frozen berries for your smoothie is good. Again, with the busyness factor, like having like frozen spinach or some other frozen ve veggies is good, good in a pinch to have. I know you guys are doctors, so you may have not the same opinion that I have on it, but I'm actually a fan of some of these analog. I like call them analog products like they're the the vegan versions of some of the the meat-based dishes and some vegan like nugs <laughs> okay good oh we eat those we, we got a freezer no, full of nugs all over those. Yeah, yeah so no, those are all over that I, I like calling those uh transitional foods in and of themselves like they're having like a nug or a shot of wheatgrass is not going to give you the same nutritional value but it helps people it really helps people who are accustomed to the texture and flavor of animal products to transition to more of a whole food plant-based diet. So my wife reins me in sometimes like she's like, we're going a little overboard on those. But so I'll, I'll, I won't do it all the time. But having those mixed in. Absolutely. I think especially for folks that are sort of transitioning, if you will, to, to a vegan diet, like it's just invaluable to have something that say tastes like a good 
old fashioned, you know, sausage in a stew, and yet it's a plant based sausage, right? So we yeah. we are very guilty. Um, field roast is a staple in my refrigerator. I will say <laughs> flat totally, out, yeah. Um, but that's but that's okay, right? I mean, so they're not all terrible. They they have some of them have some sodium, and they are hi- highly processed. The other thing I will say, and a, a plug for frozen produce, is especially in the winter time, if you live somewhere. I just gave a talk on diet and climate, so I'm very into the carbon footprint of my food. And while I love to have fresh berries year round, that's just not normal in Colorado where I live. And so I'm going to actually start trying to make a choice to eat more frozen fruits and veggies until I can get the seasonal ones um, more locally, because Mm. just that's just personally for me, I was like, oh, I'm actually... I'm a, I might be doing more harm than good to the environment by making fresh blueberry smoothies. And there's nothing different about frozen ones. Um, right. They're, you know, prepared when the vet, when they're fresh. And so um, they're a lot more environmentally friendly. That's a great call out, Tracy, because I feel the same way, like trying to find local fresh stuff is, is important for the climate. So we don't want to fight to find fresh blueberries in the middle of January in Colorado, especially for a smoothie where it really doesn't matter. You can have the frozen stuff just as easily. Yeah. And I love the talk on transitional foods because for for the providers listening, your patients aren't going to come to you and say, I'm a whole food plant-based vegan. What do I need to do? Because they've already, they're already there. They've already got it. They're going to come to you in some sort of transitional phase and ask your advice on how they're doing. And from my standpoint, it is fine to eat these transitional foods. I tell people they are much better than the animal product that you're replacing. Yeah. So, I mean, beyond burgers, they're not perfect by any means, but that's better than eating a side of cow. Right. And the same way all the way down, you know, the bacon is terrible for you. That's a known carcinogen. Yeah. The processed plant-based bacons aren't this as good for you as eating an apple, but they are a lot better for you than shoving that processed meat in your mouth. So try to think of it that way. Try to think about what you're replacing, not how bad the actual transitional food is. And like Mark and Tracy are saying, I mean, we're all moving towards whole food plant-based. Some of us are on a hundred year plan to get there. It's an ideal. It doesn't have to be. And it's most importantly, not what most of your patients are really going to be doing. So be okay, be easy on yourself. You know, whatever the goal is, you're getting closer. You're healthier by making these changes. And I do want to pin you down, Mark, while we've got you here on what you would put in a smoothie, because I get asked this a lot. And I mean, my standards are like plant milk, some fruit and go from there with whatever. But do you have any suggestions for what really makes a smoothie Perfect. I'll give you like my a template recipe. And so it, it's for like, say a green smoothie. And so there's two, two core components and a few optional components. And this idea, I'll give you one template, but there'll be dozens or hundreds of variations. I think on last count, there was like 674 or five uh, versions of what I'm going to tell you right now. Tracy, you're pretty good at counting. So see if you could see if I could hit that number with what I'm going to share with you. So you start one component is uh, the fruit component. And one component would be the green component to talk about a green smoothie. So you can rotate through different types of fruit. So like uh, Ian mentioned, the could be different types of berries, fresh or frozen, uh, banana, pineapple, if you're I know we just talked about local. So for those of you in Hawaii, do the pineapple and rotate through different types of fruits. Uh, The greens I like doing, you could do kale or spinach or other types of greens in there. Those two components blended together would create the smoothie. 
The third component would be uh, a liquid component. So that could be either water, coconut water, any of your plant-based milks. So you can rotate through different types of plant-based milks. And then the fourth component I like to call like the superfood add-on component. And this, this goes back to what I mentioned earlier of like looking to really get a lot of your nutrients like first thing in the morning. So I typically use hemp seeds, chia seeds. Uh, I like using maca powder in ours. Uh, you can use uh, spirulina. I do use a like an all-in-one, a Vega one that has like a full uh, nutrient profile. So a whole food like superfood mix can go in there. You could add things like different types of nut butters to make your smoothie more, uh, you know, to bulk it up uh, with nutrition as well. The quick smoothie for me, and if we're in a rush in the morning, would be like a plant-based milk, uh, frozen berries, usually a banana, the chia seeds and uh, hemp seeds with this mix of like the, the Vega or other green food mix like that uh, blended up. And that's how we would do like a quick smoothie in the morning. Adding things like cacao, like there's no end really to the different flavor profiles you, you can create with that. I agree. I love mixing it up with smoothies. It's just something fast, easy. And I mean, the kids love it too. When you mentioned the greens, we don't always have green smoothies. I mean, sometimes we have a chocolate peanut butter smoothie. Sometimes it's not the healthiest, but it can be. And you can sneak spinach and kale into your kids' food. My kids will actually eat spinach and kale now without sneaking it into a smoothie. Mm -hmm. But before they would, we would put it in their smoothie so that they can get the benefit of it because the flavor is completely hidden. When you see people drinking these green smoothies, it doesn't taste like we're drinking a glass full of kale. It tastes like we're drinking a banana, whatever we el- whatever else we put in it, fun drink. And it just looks green. So don't be scared to put the green things in your smoothies. <laughs> and that does just, in, just to complete the pantry conversation, just also having like some selection of nuts and seeds uh, and some dried fruit as well. And then you could go into the nut butters too. So a lot of people have some of these things already in their pantry. So it's just looking if you have on your least busy day, you could kind of look through and start reading the labels of some of the things that are in your pantry and then go from there. If you can't pronounce the word or if it has more than like two or three syllables, usually it's something you probably don't want to have in your food. That's a great point. Mark, and just reminding people to read labels and just be cognizant of what's in their food and what they're eating. Um, and probably unpronounceable words are not a natural part of your diet. Yeah, so. <laughs> I agree. I mean, those are great things to keep in mind. And I think they've gotten a lot better labeling food in the US, particularly where you have that contains line. And if it says contains milk or eggs, you know to avoid it. But checking the ingredients too, for particularly things that say whey, W-H-E-Y or casein, Mm. C-A-S-E-I-N, because those are both milk products that are often used in foods for no good reason, just because they have been forever, but it does make your product not plant-based. So if you're looking through your pantry, those are some ingredient items to particularly avoid. So Mark, if people want to find out more about how to get their vegan pantry started, do you have a website? Sure. Yeah. You could check out chefmarkreinfeld.com and, uh, I send out recipes in the newsletter and I also offer uh, virtual and in-person classes to help people uh, incorporate more plant healthy plant-based foods in their diet. I have a particular passion for reaching out to the medical community 
medical students, doctors, and patients. So uh, feel free to reach out through the website. Thank you so much, Mark. We really appreciate you being here and sharing your expertise with us. And everyone can find some of Mark's recipes in the show notes and links to other Chef Mark Reinfeld goodies that you can find online. And I personally own a copy of The 30-Minute Vegan, and I use it all the time. And it really is a fantastic cookbook. And I am, as I've said, not someone who enjoys cooking a ton, and I find it very user-friendly and very delicious. So thanks so much, Mark. Thank you guys for having me. I I agree with Tracy. We have the book too. It's fantastic. We use it all the time. It's been a pleasure to have you, Mark. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you guys. Take care. This is Tracy and Eden signing off. Less meat means less disease. Go have a happy plant-based day.